Hello, and welcome to the Wild and Free Mamas podcast. We are your hosts and trip leaders, Morgan and Sarah. We are here to bring you stories of courage, boldness, adventure, and hope. And we hope that they inspire us all to live braver lives devoted to Jesus. Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Wild and Free Mama podcast. I am Sarah. Hey, guys. I'm Morgan. This week, we're excited to share with you a conversation I had with my friend Colleen Taylor. She shares her testimony of God's faithfulness in a really tough season. But first, here's Morgan's adventure story. So last year, my husband and I got the opportunity to take our big kids, our two big kids who were at the time, they were 11 and 9. We got to take them to Alaska, which was... It was the trip of a lifetime. I, I mean, jealous. it was the best. We only got to be there for four or five days. So it was super short. But while we were there, we camped the whole time. Um, yes, we camped in Alaska with bears and moose. I mean, we never saw any of those things, but you got to assume they're there, right? <laughs> they're wild and free. <laughs> they have to be there. <laughs> uh, this is not the adventure story. But <laughs> one night we were camping right on the side of a river um, in Seward. And in the middle of the night we're in two separate tents so David and I are in one backpacking tent and the two big kids are in the other backpacking tent same campsite in the middle of the night like 2 a.m I wear contacts so when I'm in bed I'm just completely blind can't see a thing so I wake up at 2 a.m to my oldest screaming bloody murder it was terrifying he's screaming no no stop no, stop. Oh my gosh. It was the scariest moment of my entire life. I'm completely <laughs> blind. I can't see. I don't know how to fix it. I can't get out of this dumb backpacking tent. There's too many zippers. <laughs> how do I get out of here? Finally get out. Get over to his tent. Nope. He's not being mauled by a mountain lion, guys. He just had to pee. And he was half asleep. Oh, he was like sleepwalking? Yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, he was... Oh, my goodness. So that was terrifying. But that was not the adventure story. That is a case for why that you should... That was for free. That was free. You should just <laughs> get a hotel when you're in Alaska. That's my point, guys. <laughs> no wild bears in Alaska in a hotel, usually, I guess. Anyway, so the adventure story. So David and I decided to take the two bigs on this. It's like nine, nine and a half miles um, to the Harding Ice Fields, this hike. And it was um, really, really beautiful. We started at like 6 a.m. because we didn't know how long it would take us with the with the kids. They're tough. They, I mean, they can run five miles on a, you know, a short hike in Georgia. Um, but we didn't know what it was going to be like in Alaska. So we start this hike. And it is like early September in Alaska. So Georgia, you know, I would expect early September to be high 80s you know in during the middle of the day maybe maybe low 80s or high 70s in the beginning of the day but it's Alaska so (laughs) it's like in the 50s or whatever in the morning and um by you know 10 o'clock it's super it feels so good the sun is out it's um I don't know maybe low 60s but we're hiking we're moving it's um it's 3,600 feet of elevation this trail wow and so you know, we're working up a sweat. I'm hiking in a sports bra and some leggings. Um, the kids, we packed in layers because, again, Alaska. Um, so, But the kids are down to their base layers. They don't have, you know, three or four layers on or whatever. So we hike most of the trail. Um, it's really, really great. It's beautiful. There's wildflowers everywhere. Um, you can see as we get higher and higher, um, things are a little bit more and more sparse. You, you don't have the big trees anymore as you get close to the top. Um, you go through this big meadow that was really gorgeous with tons of flowers and then you get to the very tippy top of this mountain and it's black 
like there's black rocks everywhere. It was really, really cool. I've never seen anything like it. Um, so as we keep going, it's just getting colder and colder. And I'm looking at my kids and they're good because we're moving and, and you know, like they, they're still just at their base layers, but I'm a proactive mom. I'm, I'm, I've been doing this for a minute. <laughs> so I'm like, okay guys, we're moving. We're working up a sweat. Let's go ahead and put on another layer as we're getting higher elevation, because if we start to slow down, you're going to get cold. So we put on another layer. I put my shirt back on. I'm not in a sports bra anymore. We keep going. We get almost to the Harding ice fields. We stop at this, uh, or we get to this um, emergency shelter at the very top of this mountain where, you know, if a storm rolls in or whatever, you can get inside this, this little wood building and you can take shelter. No windows, no nothing. Uh, we stop there for a minute. We collect our thoughts. It is chilly at this point, so we've got, we've got some layers on and we decide we're going to go a little bit further. We're only about a mile from the ice fields. So we keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. I look down and the kids are starting to get really lethargic. So I said to my husband, I said, okay, David, you go on to the, to the ice fields. I would love to go with you, but I'm a little worried about the kids. So you go on, we'll sit here, we'll have some lunch. We were past that shelter by, by maybe half a mile at this point. So he only has a half a mile to go down to the ice fields. And um, the kids and I sit down behind a rock and I pull out some crackers and some chicken salad. And, you know, we do the whole thing. And the longer we sit there, the more lethargic the kids get and the colder and colder they get. And again, David only has half a mile to hike. So I really didn't think we'd be there for very long because I mean, he's six, three, he's got really long legs. He can move. Figured it'd be what max 20 minutes. I mean, maybe that's just me being silly, but that's what I assumed. So we sit there, we eat our lunch. The kids are cold. They're lethargic. Scarlett's lips start to turn blue. Oh my gosh. Scarlett's nine at the time. So I made an executive decision. There's no reception. I mean, my phone had been tracking the hike the whole time because I was using all trails. I have no sense of direction, so I use an app most of the time. Trails are well marked and everything, but, you know, that's just what I did. So my phone is dying, and David's phone is already dead, and there's, <laughs> there's no way I can get a hold of him. But I know that he knows that if he comes back and we're not there, that we've started to go back down. Right? Like, that's just what you... Yeah. That's what you assume. So the kids and I or pack a bear up. Got you. Or a bear got us, one of the two. But there'd be blood. You know, <laughs> sure, it's there fine. Would be blood. <laughs> <laughs> so I pack up the kids, we pack up our lunch, and we start walking back down this mountain. We get to that shelter and we go inside to get out of the wind for a few minutes because the wind really started to pick up while we were eating lunch. And um, I like, you know, rub the kids' arms, try to warm them up some. A few different hiker groups come through and I tell them, hey, if you see a guy, he's in this color jacket. Can you tell him that we started going back down? They're like, yeah, totally. We got you. You know, because hikers are awesome. So after, you know, 10 minutes of staying in the shelter, hoping that David would catch up with us, I decided that I really just needed to get the kids to a lower elevation where it was warmer, where they would perk back up because I was just really worried about them. Um, so we warm up, we, we suit back up, everybody's in all of their layers and we, we forge our way out into, it's still a sunny day, but the wind is so strong and it's Alaska and we're not used to this. We're from Georgia. <laughs> we're precious and tiny. So, so anyway, we go back out, we start getting down, uh, down some elevation back down into that meadow. And as soon as we got to the meadow, the kids perked, perked right up. I was not worried about them anymore. Their lips were pink and bright and it was awesome. 
Um, but it was still, it was like an hour before David caught back up with us. Wow. So I'm up here worrying. I'm like, okay, well, I know the kids are alive, but I don't know about my husband. Again, Hope bears. Good. Bears. Who knows? <laughs> Weren't we just talking about the life insurance policy? We do. We, he has a good life insurance policy. Worry oh, not, fair terrible. listener. <laughs> that's terrible. I love you, David. Anyway. He's wow, gonna... I never knew that. Like, yeah. I hadn't heard that story in, in its entirety. It was it was really scary. That was probably the most nervous I've ever been on a hike. Yeah. Um, just because, I, like, I don't... I'm in Alaska. I don't know what this is like. I don't know yeah. the, the elevation. I don't know how it's going to affect the kids. Well, in hypothermia, like, you don't want to mess with that. Especially yeah. With the kids, so. so, takeaway is, I'm a great mom. Don't worry. David caught up with us a little <laughs> while later. He understood why we left him behind. Um, he met a very sweet other hiker down there who took his picture and then texted it to him. So, he, we do have proof that he did make it all the way to the Harding Ice Fields. The kids and I did not quite. We were a half mile short. Mm. But we did live to tell the tale, so I guess that's something. That's a good story. And we will add pictures. Um, we're putting our show notes in our Instagram now, so we'll add pictures of that hike to Instagram if you want to check those out. Don't worry, I'm a great mom. <laughs> we know you're a great mom. <laughs> All right, I am. here's the interview with Colleen. Enjoy. So I'm here with my friend Colleen Taylor. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So Colleen is the... Um, you're the missions coordinator for the Grove Church in Spartanburg. Yay, that's awesome. So tell us a little little bit about yourself. Um, So I am originally from Portland, Oregon. I moved out here about four years ago. I was living in Los Angeles, and that's where I met um, the pastors of our church, Keith and Carrie. Um, And then I met my now husband about two months after I moved out here, and we just got married about a year ago, and Living in Spartanburg and living the dream. And you have a cute little golden retriever. <laughs> we do. His name's Oakley. He's, He's so cute. So cute. <laughs> well, Colleen, I just want to hear a little bit about um, what you've gone through in the past year, um, some experiences that maybe have grown your faith. Mm-hmm. Can you share us? Share yeah. With us? Um, so my husband and I, we got married June of last year, 2021, um, and we had just kind of started going to church we, majority of our relationship, we weren't really in church. Um, and right before we got married, we found the Grove and met really cool people like Sarah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we were just living life. And then we wanted to try and get pregnant a year after being married. Um, but we just decided that we wanted to try sooner And so we started trying a little bit less than six months into being married. Um, And it took us a little bit, a lot longer than I thought that it would. Um, We got pregnant probably six months into trying. And previously to that, like, I had been talking to my OB and she had been saying, you know, if you don't get pregnant within six months, we want to start some testing just to see if there might be something underlying and so on the sixth month we got pregnant um and I was just so excited yeah and just to see God work in that way and so we got pregnant um went to our eight-week ultrasound and the sonographer was like are you sure you're at eight weeks and Mm. I was like yeah I mean I know that it is if anything it'd be more like nine weeks and she was like okay well you know, sometimes with cycles, it, it 
if you have a longer one, it might take it. You, your pregnancy might be shorter than what it seems. And so she was like, just come back in two weeks and we'll do another ultrasound. And we came back in two weeks um, and there was no improvement. Um, and so she told us that we were miscarrying. Mm. Um, that day was like so confusing um, because she couldn't tell us that we were miscarrying. A, a doctor had to say it. And so she just mm. kept saying, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry we're thinking of y'all. And she couldn't just flat out say it because you could still see you could still see the baby on the ultrasound. Oh, wow. And so I was just like, what What do you mean you're yeah. sorry? What are you sorry about? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm seeing it, and you're telling me that you're sorry, that there's no improvement. Because yeah. in my mind, initially, I was like, oh, we'll just come back, and, you know, it's fine. And so then yeah. we, um, the doctor came in and told us that we were miscarrying. Um, and so there was a couple of different options uh, to pass the pregnancy. I could naturally pass it, so basically just wait um, or I could medically pass it and I had to take a medication, uh, to start, uh, passing the pregnancy or I could have basically have surgery and I didn't really want to wait just because if there was no development in the pregnancy and it had been a couple of weeks, I didn't want to keep waiting for right. that. And I didn't really want to go under and have surgery because I just believe that if I don't need to go under anesthesia, I'm not going to do it. Right. And so I decided to medically pass the pregnancy. Um, and then we came back in a week and a half later for just a follow-up ultrasound. And they had told us that some people, it doesn't necessarily fully work on passing the pregnancy with the medicine. And to come back in and be told that I was one of those people um, was frustrating to say the least. Like it had been a couple weeks and I'm still grieving. We're still grieving the loss of our child and to have to physically go through this pain and then to come back in and be told, well, you're not done yet. Right. There's more, there's more heartache. Very frustrating. Um, and so I had to go back in and basically have like a mini DNC. Mm. Um, they just had to go in and surgically take it out. Um, And so that was back in May, and that's been about three, four months. So So what were your, like, those first few days, what were your thoughts? Um, How did you respond to that that initial heartache and and loss? I was just shattered um, to go six months of, trying and finally get pregnant felt like forever and it was just to even just get pregnant was hard in and of itself of like six months of trying and there's no formula to it you can't you can try and get pregnant on the exact day that you're ovulating and it's still you know might not work and so there's and it was just so out of out of my control I just felt so powerless over all of this yeah um and so to be on this high of being pregnant and then two and a half months later being told that you're miscarrying um was just frustrating and so I would go through these moments of like 
I remember that first week I would be okay, and then like five minutes later I would just be sobbing. Yeah. Um, and so I think for us we were just like shattered would probably be the best way to describe it. Like I don't. Were you able to take those feelings to the Lord, or were you? Was it just easier to keep them confined to yourself? Um. I was able, we were able to really just mourn together and yes, have God in that. But I, I, I now know a lot of why God brought us to the community of the Grove um, because we're not meant to mourn this by ourselves. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's so beautiful about um God's design and, and who God is is that God is with us and God also brought a community around us um, and it was a moment it was a it is still a time because we're still going through it um, that I don't I don't have a choice but to bring it to God yeah like if if I could choose I could choose to do it by myself. I could choose to try and move on and hope that I'm okay, but that's not what God calls us to be. That's not what God calls us to do. Yeah, I could move on and be okay, but like God doesn't want us to live a life of just being okay. God wants us to live a life of full of joy and of healing right. and of peace and that can only come from him at the end of the day right um and so I think that first couple those first couple of weeks yeah I felt very alone and and did it on my own but I've had no choice but to bring it to God after that yeah so community played a huge part in um and getting through the those first few weeks how else has God been faithful to you in this season how else have you seen him show up for you um, just in our, in our marriage, like, I think this is something that, no, I don't think God caused this. Um, but I think the enemy really wanted to break our marriage in this and mm -hmm. instead it's really strengthened us. Um, and I think just for me personally, God has just really shown me that it's not my fault. There was yeah. nothing that, that I did wrong or there's nothing that I could have done to have prevented this yeah and I think God really brought so much peace in my heart of like moving forward yeah and like I know that that I believe that life starts at conception and just as God knew my name before I was born God knows like God God knows our baby and yeah like, I can move forward in knowing that our baby is safe and our baby is at peace. Yeah. And that there's going to be a day that we will get to meet again. And yeah. I believe that God is keeping that baby safe right. through that, this time. That's that living hope that we have in him, that mm -hmm. eternal hope. Um, one of my favorite verses is, um, God works all things for the good of those who mm -hmm. love him and are called according to his purpose. And so I think it's really awesome that you're able to recognize yeah. how God is um, producing good in this season mm -hmm. and, and how he will continue to do so. Yeah. Um, 
I also think like one thing you said, um, how you felt powerless in trying to get pregnant. I, it, it amazes me how like th- the seasons of motherhood are just, um, being a mom, the start of trying to be a mom, it all is out of our control. Yeah. Like we, we, as moms try and have control of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but even from the be- very beginning of like becoming a mom, we, we don't have any control and like it all rests yeah. on, on God and yeah. how we have to learn to trust him from the very start. Yeah. From like even trying to be a mom. We yeah. have to, it's just <laughs> really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I'm curious, like, cause you're, you're in a waiting room, you're in a waiting season right now because you do want a child and, and you believe that the Lord is yeah. going to bless you with one. Um, but you're still waiting. What does it mean to you to wait? Well, I had a season of waiting, um, in between my two children, I had a miscarriage and then, um, it took a while to get pregnant. And I remember, um, that season just kind of sent me spiraling. Mm. Um, but I wanted to wait well. I wanted to learn what it meant to wait well. And for me, um, it meant really seeing God is good in every season. And, um, I mean, it's easy to say, well, you just trust God. That's how you wait well. And yes, you do. But like, how, how, what does that mean? And what does that look like? Um, and for me, it was finding a place of rest in, in his goodness and knowing that even if I didn't get pregnant again, he was still good and he still had, um, a plan for me and he, he hadn't forgotten me. And the way that I, got to know God in that season. Um, he was so near and so close and just protecting my heart from not being bitter or jealous or angry and just leaning into him and letting him be, um, be my comfort. That was how I learned to wait well. Yeah. You took the words out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of this season of waiting is a reminder of how good God is in that there is still hope within our journey to having a child and God has just been showing up like in other areas of our lives that we had been praying for for so long and I think just knowing that this season of life like I don't I don't have a choice but to be in this season of life right now yeah um there's nothing that I I physically can do to change this season of life just as there was nothing that I could have done physically to have prevented our miscarriage right and I think that was really hard for me to understand at first that there was truly nothing that I could have done to have prevented this I was the girl that ate all the right things and got the perfect amount of rest and took all of their prenatal vitamins and like did everything in the book tried to control what you could control Tried to control everything that I could have controlled and I think this season has been a season yes of rest but a season of knowing that I'm not in control of this but in the best way possible I am not in control of this because if I truly thought that I was in control I would be blaming myself right. for losing this pregnancy. Yeah. And I think this season of waiting has been a reminder that, no, I'm not in control, 
but I know who is control and who is in control is so good. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe there's a mom listening that needs to hear that or, or a woman, I should say, um, that the loss of, of pregnancy isn't your fault. And so I just feel like, I just want to say if there's someone listening that struggles with that burden, um, that that is not something that, that you were meant to carry and and just to, to be free of that. Yeah. I think it's been amazing hearing other people who have gone through this, um, not just other women, but other couples. Mm-hmm. I think that's really helped my husband Rob a lot is hearing other men and their grief in it. Yeah. Um, and for me to know that I'm not alone in this, that God sees me in this, but that God also brought a community of women around me in this. And so... Yeah, I think a lot of this podcast and what we're doing today is we can come around other women and support them in that. Yeah. And knowing that it's going to get better. Yeah. That this isn't the end, that this is, yes, it's a season, but a season has a beginning, but it also has an end. Yes. And there is going to be another season and it's going to be really great. Yeah. One thing that I've been really encouraged by lately is just the the truth that God is, um, omnipotent Mm -hmm. is that that's when he's like, which one is that (laughs) when he's he's everywhere? Yes. Well, okay. I I don't know what I'm thinking of then, but like God is not in time, whatever word that is. (laughs) I'm not cutting this out. I'm keeping this part. God is in, yeah, he's, he's not in time. So like, he, you know, we feel like we're waiting a really long time for things, but he's yeah. already, he already sees you holding that baby. Yeah. He already sees you, um, giving him glory for, for, um, for the promise mm-hmm. and he sees your victory. He's in your, that moment just as much as this one yeah. and just as much as yesterday's moments like he's in all of them at the same time and I don't know why that just brings me comfort um it it makes me able to wait for things better because time is nothing to the Lord and he's already in in that moment of victory he's already in the mountaintop moment that we're waiting to get to yeah um one of the girls when we went on our wild and free mama's trip she had brought up like sharing with other people when when they're pregnant and she was talking to someone about it and she brought up such a good point to me of like because I've been really anxious about you know when we do get pregnant when do we tell people and all of that and she was like no that's a that's a gift from God that you celebrate with other people and so I look back on this eight weeks and yeah they were eight weeks but those were eight weeks that we got to celebrate that we had a child that is now yes with the Lord, but like we got to celebrate that, yeah. and that's such an exciting thing to do because it was a gift. Right? It wasn't I mean, again, it wasn't anything that we did. It was a gift that God had given us, and we got to celebrate that. Yeah, and then you got to have those people surround you in your moment of of pain too, yeah. mm-hmm. which is God's loving kindness to yeah. us. I think. Do you have a verse that you could share with the listeners? A verse that maybe you've clung to in the past year? I do. Um, so it's in Matthew 11. And this 
passage, the paragraph that it's in, it's titled The Father Revealed in the Son. And so it's Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh, that's so good. Do you have any advice for um, anyone listening that's, that's going through just a waiting series, season or a waiting period? I think just being honest in that season of where you're at, whether you're frustrated or you're grieving or you're hurting or in pain, being honest in that season, um, not only with yourself, but with the Lord and having that conversation and, and yes, praying, but in prayer, having that conversation with God of saying, I am frustrated in this. I am mourning in this. I'm grieving in this. Yeah. And this is where I'm at. And also being reminded of who God is in that season. One thing we say a lot on our adventure retreats, um, we encourage women to take all of their messy Mm -hmm. feelings and emotions and thoughts to the Lord. I think so often when we have those big, scary, messy emotions, we tend to turn away from the Lord, yeah. um, but that is not who the mm-hmm. Father is. He wants us to bring all of our messy emotions to Him and, and let Him help us yeah. sort through that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's yeah. good advice. That's really good, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your Thanks story. For Thank you for me. your bravery and honesty. And um, I cannot wait to rejoice with you. (laughs) I can't wait for you to tell me that you're pregnant because it's going to happen and it's going to be an amazing day. (laughs) All right. Well, before I let you go, do you have a favorite adventure story that you'd like to share with us? Um, So I went a couple weeks ago on the Wild and Free Mamas retreat and we went up to North Carolina and I was just supposed to go to like take pictures and videos and all that and um we like went tubing down the river the first day and the next day um everyone was supposed to rappel down this waterfall and it's like 200 feet and so Sarah was like you know you can just take pictures and I was like okay perfect that's totally awesome (laughs) cool with me because I am terrified of heights Um, and I'm also very new with doing like outdoorsy things like this. (laughs) And I remember getting to the retreat and and I like was like, okay, God, if you really want me to do this, if you really want me to repel, I'm not going to say no, but I'm not going to say anything. So like, I need (laughs) you to make a way because I'm not making a way. And it was the morning that we were going to leave to go repel and Sarah and the guide looked at me and they were like, we have an extra spot to repel. Do you want to do it? And I was like, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but yes. <laughs> yeah, no, but yes. And um, so we like did a practice run and like it was, it was great. I did, I did wonderful. I was, you know, feeling pretty good about it. And so with this waterfall, you would go down like 20 feet and then you'd have to walk a little bit and then continue to go down and all of that. Yeah. And so I start going and I got to, down to this little pool that, I mean, I'm really tall, so I could walk through it, but yeah. most people swim. Everybody else had to swim. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I, I get down and I 
walk through it and I start to propel down the, the next little area and my rope moves and we're supposed to repel <laughs> next to the waterfall and my rope <laughs> Not moved. in the water. And I repelled in the waterfall. <laughs> so epic. <laughs> and so I can't, I can't at that point, because I'm already in the next area, like I can't see the guide up top. Yeah. I can't hear anything because the water is hitting my helmet. Oh my gosh. And I can't move because the rocks are so slick. It's just you and the rope. <laughs> and the guide at to- up top, he's like, yeah, when you get like halfway down, make sure that you turn around and you know, look out and just like soak up the view because this is the only time that you'll get it. Well, I slip, so I spin and that was oh my, my view. <laughs> and so I said, okay, cool. I looked <laughs> great, awesome. And I'm like kind of freaking out because I, I just don't know what to do because I knew I was in a the incorrect spot. And so I kind of look over at the guy that's down below thinking that he would you know, hand signal me into doing something yeah. so I would move. Yeah. But he gives me two thumbs oh up. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep going. So I, I made it down. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it was one of the scariest experiences of my life. Yeah. But it was probably one of the most fun things that I can now say that I did, that yeah. I repelled down 200 feet. Um, and that day was just so much fun. And then, like, we continued down the river and we would like jump into these like what would they call them like watering holes yeah like or a watering like, hole or yeah. something and then at the very end it started pouring down rain and we like normally I would have been like are you kidding me yeah like, it's pouring and I don't want to be in the rain but like I had no cell phone with me I like had no care in the world yeah. and we still had to walk like two miles but it was Seriously, so much fun just walking. It was magical. In the rain. Like, I had no care in the world. It was a bunch of girls just... Yeah. It was so much fun. And then you won the Grit Award that weekend. (laughs) That was fun. That too. That was awesome. (laughs) That was so much fun. Well, thanks again, Colleen. Thank you. Love you so much. Love you. I love Colleen. Me too. She's the best. Okay, Sarah. Yeah. Do you have a trail or gear recommendation for us? I do. Okay, so I want to recommend um, Valley of Fire State Park in Nevada. It is about 45 minutes north of Las Vegas. And I feel like a lot of people go to Vegas, whether they're on a conference or Girls trip. work trip. Or, like, I see people just going to Vegas, like a pit stop on a trip or something. Don't go to Vegas without checking out Valley of Fire. It is so underrated and one of the most amazing places I've ever been. Like I said, it's about 45 minutes north. Um, And the entrance to the park is this beautiful, it's probably almost five miles stretch of of road. I mean, there's just nothing. And that's just the entrance to the park. Um, And it's just cool. It's got um, like the red sandstone rocks that you can climb and limestone and it almost feels like Grand Canyony without the Grand Canyon. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but totally. It's it was my first taste of the West, and it's just really special. Very cool place to go. So if you're going to Vegas, just take a little detour. Trust me on this. Check out Valley Fire State Park. I think it's fifteen dollars um, to get in, and you can camp there. But obviously, you know, go to the website for all that info. I've never been. How long would you recommend people stay in Valley of Fire? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So definitely if you're going to go, go early in the morning. We went before the sun even came up 
um, we headed out there, you don't want to be hiking um, in the middle of the day. It's just too hot. So be wise, take lots of water, and start your adventure early, early, early in the morning and give yourself like, I don't know, three to six hours. Okay, so like a day trip. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. But like the first part of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today, guys. We had so much fun with you. Thanks, y'all. See you next time. Bye. Bye.